Hi, it's the fans corner. I'm Fala Yolushego. And with me today, I have two amazing Chelsea fans, Olaoluwa and Riri. Guys, it's good to have you here. I'm so glad to be here representing Chelsea. Yeah, it's good it's to have you. It's good to be here. Yeah, so um, how many years have you guys been uh, Chelsea fans? Hmm. Deep, deep. Me, I've been a Chelsea fan all my life. So Chelsea has been the first club I ever, yes, I ever ah, supported. That's okay. true. Well, I honestly, I, I had, I had a different club. Okay. I used to support AC Milan before. Okay, before. I still respect the club, but it was, it was out of the support for my, my brother. My brother used to watch this Syria league when we were very small. So he supported Fiorentina, but he's now a Chelsea fan. Okay. But he supported Fiorentina those period. So I had no choice. That's what we always see. So I liked AC Milan and I watched AC Milan till 2006. 2006. Yeah. So it was not deep not understanding so deep. of football. It was just the love for the club. Oh, I like this club. They used to play very fine. Okay. And I switched so, to Chelsea. Um, let, me, let me put this question to you. So you said you've been a Chelsea fan from day one, right from yeah. the onset. No other club. So, you know, for every football fan, there's always a particular player that you just watch and just like and just that, that player will be the like the one like, to just make you support the club, club so yeah. do you have any player like that yes that's Dida Drogba okay DJ Drogba okay mm, on my side I would say Frank Lampard okay Frank Lampard, Frank Lampard. so can we say putting the question out really among all the strikers that Chelsea has had in recent history would you say DJ Drogba is like the best of them yes he's the most successful nice transfer season but we have um, a lot of experience that have left the club oh. and a lot of new and fresh leg brought in into the club like people with little or few experience yeah. have been brought like Ola said players of 19 20 and like that's not like the usual stuff we do have in chelsea so this is a new era so we should just trust in what the coach, coach has to do yes yeah. Yeah, so speaking about new eras, um, recent statistics came out yesterday at mm-hmm. the end of the deadline, talking about Todd Boyle, which is like the most important person in Chelsea, yeah. you know, in respects of the number of amount of money he has spent. So in just over a year that he has been in charge of Chelsea Football Club, um, for just permanent signings alone, mm-hmm. not talking about loans, loans, he has spent just over, a little over £1 billion. Wow. On an amazing number of players, yes. how would you say Todd Boyle's impact has been on Chelsea Football Club? It's obvious, I would say, it's obvious for everybody to see having a new owner and coming in to, I would say, make a transformation into the club. According to some people, you we we get the idea like Chelsea just won the cup in just won the Champions League, to be precise, in 2021. Why are they changing the squad? A squad that can win Champions League. What's wrong with that squad that you can't just build on those squad and continue playing with them? But I think it's coming from a very different perspective and philosophy, I would say. He has his own pattern of play, I would say, because he comes into the pitch all the time to see Chelsea play, even when we are not performing, you always find him. So I, I say he's interested in the growth of the club. And talking okay, just about like that, the former owner, 
Yeah. The movie was, was also very, very interesting. But I, I, I think the coming of Todd Bowley is, is much maybe, more yeah, frequent. Much more. You, you tend to see Todd Bowley in every Chelsea match. Game. Every Chelsea game. Every Chelsea game. Okay. You tend to see Todd Bowley. That's yeah. nice. Really? Well, the transfer season has been awesome to see because some players that left the club, I, I do not even know they could live for such an amount. Mm. Yeah. So, it was good. So, talking about the illustrious amount of players he has brought. Yeah. So, there, there are criticisms from other people, maybe not Chelsea fans, who say among the number of players he has bought, more than 20 players yeah. that he has bought, that there are just a handful of players that are truly world-class or have the potential to be world-class. world-class. Some might say the likes of Caicedo has potentials to be world-class. Yeah. The likes of Enzo Fernandez yeah. has potentials. The likes of maybe Nico Jackson the likes of Sterling already yeah. at that level. Yeah. So, but there, there are questions that the remaining are still like of unknown quality. The likes of Mudrich, the likes of Madweke, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, the likes of Kopama now, which is a yeah. new signing, which mm-hmm. is coming back there. So, there are questions about we are spending so much on players of maybe average quality. quality. So, what do you have to say about that? Uh, I would like to pose the question back to the general public, to the listeners. Do you know Trent Arnold before he started playing for Liverpool? Mm-hmm. Who knows Robertson before he started playing for Liverpool? Rich, and now, Rich James for Chelsea. Rich James for Chelsea, who is the captain now. You don't know these people from Adam or nowhere. Like, and this has been the trend for a very long time. You just get a name and people just started talking about them in the, like from the league where they are playing gradually into the Europe, gradually into the world of football in general. This is like a regular trend that people, I would say, they do not pay attention to. Maybe because these players are just one individual player in one club. But now, because they are coming as 19, 20, 21 years of age, in one particular club, it is drawing so much of attention that is making the old team feel like this is impossible. Now we are classifying Enzo as who has the potential to be a world class. How about Ugo Chuku? Like, you have not seen him play gradually and gradually. Yeah, nice prospect, actually. I tell you, he came in, look at his kind of play. He has this ginger and flexibility in the ball. There is, I, I would say, there are potentials. Though we should be honest with ourselves, it's just like you having, I would say, 12 chickens don't expect everything to grow to full maturity. Yeah, some will die along the line, yeah. some will leave the club. Yeah, and yeah, so just speaking about like those that have actually left the club, you yeah. know, Todd Burley made this amount of signings, but there are some signings that he was the one that brought them in and they eventually left the club. So, yeah. for example, talking about the likes of Kulibali, talking about okay. the likes of um, Abu So, first of all, what was the experience as Chelsea fans? What was it? Why didn't it work out well? For the likes of Kulibali and Abubayak. Well, Todd Bully was not well informed about how football was meant working. Be, yes. Because well, especially in England. In England. So maybe he had the wrong idea of, because he was in charge of transfer that year, yeah. I think. So he just brought out the 
player without knowing their full ability and maybe he just even gambled on them. Maybe, yeah. maybe they would just work, they out, might for work the out for the club and eventually it was the other way around. So, but now that we have a sporting director in charge now, yeah. you see the business is quite different from... Yeah, a little more structured. Structure. Yes, that, I will add mm-hmm. to that. Like, coming with the mindset, I would say, it is obvious. You, you tend to like see what people do and try to, as a human being, we try to analyze, okay, where is this person coming from? I think Todboli is coming from the perspective of, you can, you to, to achieve success in the world of football, bring in all stars. Because he was trying to bid for Nima when he was yeah, at Chelsea. Yes. He even wanted Ronaldo yeah, yeah, when he was yeah. at Chelsea, yeah. which is very obvious. You want to be an all-star team and just make the whole place rosy. I don't know if it is financial, financial decision or you just want to push the club to success okay so still on those two players that we mentioned um Koulibaly, Koulibaly. there are questions about first of all his age yeah his speed which also became we came to be exposed in the premier league that okay this guy is old this guy is not as fast as he used okay. to be in his prime years in napoli then also abomeyang it was like like abomeyang didn't want to it didn't look like if he wanted to come to chelsea I think the only reason why people could say he wanted to come to Chelsea was maybe to chill. He was still yes. in Chelsea. In Chelsea but yeah. you could see that he came in. Those, yeah, I think he didn't even play in a one game with. He didn't play Tuchel. a game with Tuchel. No, just, just one. one. Just one. As a substitution. As a substitution. Tuchel was sad. So, how did that um, how did, how did that just play in you guys' mind? Uh, I I think according to the according to words that came out at that moment in time chelsea fans were disappointed i would say very very much disappointed you don't buy a player to come into the club and all of a sudden the coach that wants the player you are sacking him you are taking him out of the club it's going to affect the mentality of the club i would say in a very strong manner because that's just like a messy transfer I want somebody. I bring the person in. Then all of a sudden, me that is wanting the person, you are pulling me out. What happens to the person that you are bringing in? That you brought in, yeah. yeah. So, so now, still on that same line, mm-hmm. to chill. One of the most ridiculous decisions, decisions in yeah. the world of football was taking to chill out of that team, sucking to chill, and bringing in Grand Potter. So from your own perspective, I chose one because we from outside, we saw it like, it was a wrong, wrong move. Wrong move. So, what would you say? How did you guys feel when you had the news that Tuchel has been sacked and the new coach now is Grand Potter? Well, it was an awful decision. Sorry Shocking. to say, Shocking and awful because no one even expected it. Because Tuchel that just even won us the Champions League and was trying to implement his own policy and made style of play in the club. Know, his own style of play and add some other features to the club was just sacked. But well but um Todd Bolly has his plan. His I plan, think they are, yeah. they are seen from two different places. They are coming Todd Bolly is coming with I want to bring the project. Yeah. And with the news from Tuchel, Tuchel was like we were not we were not moving in the same direction. direction yes. So it was more like a mutual consent. I I want to go, my aim is to go south. But you, 
that we are working in the same place. Your own aim is to go north. We're not moving in the same direction. So definitely we cannot walk. But I felt like that sucking was not needed at that point in time. I'm bringing in the Potter situation. I, with the, like, we'll come, we'll we'll still see Todd Bully, like, he knew what he was doing. He was just like a player trying to make a pass, but the pass not working out. There was, there, there was an intention. Execution was just the problem. Okay. So, Tuchel coming in was come and help us with this project because that's our idea. And we have seen what Potter was doing with Brighton, Brighton. at that moment, mm-hmm. bringing them to their best Premier League position, I think ninth or something. That's the best Brighton at the background. So I feel like Totboli had trust because you could see it, it was evident. Even when Potter was losing and everybody was Potter out, Potter out, Potter out, there was still words from the backstage like, the owners are backing this coach. Backing Grand Potter. So I feel like he knew what he was doing, but it just didn't work out. So why didn't it work out for Grand Potter? Because as you said, there was a lot of support. At some point, the done was like, okay, you've appointed this guy. This guy keeps losing matches. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, maybe he just wins. wins. Or once in a blue moon, you guys drew. But you keep sticking with this guy. So why do you think it went wrong for Grand Potter? I, I, th- I would say mentality. The mentality was not there. Chelsea is different from Brighton. You don't lose a match and then you come back into the, you come to the press conference and you are telling us the boys try their best. What's yeah. the boys try their best? <laughs> like, I don't understand. This is not, this is not Southern team. No, no, no shade to the Southern team fans and the club. This is, Chelsea is like a top club. When you say top four, you have Chelsea as a top four, though there's no top four again, there's top six. And I'm very sure we'll go to top ten very soon. There's in <laughs> yeah. the top six. Chelsea is the top six. A club that just won the Champions League like a year or two ago. Then you you lose a match, you lose the next one, you lose the third one. Then you come back and you say the mentality is right. The boys are trying their best. What what best are you trying that you have not won a when match you in lose. three games? <laughs> so I feel like mentality was different. You need to like Chelsea is a good job for. Potter, in my opinion, he is giving him the test of what it will feel like to Imagine coach a big club. A big club. So can we now then conclude now that Grand Potter was not ready for that job? I would say, absolutely, he was not ready. Okay, so let's let's quickly move to this present um, summer window. The first signing for Chelsea in this summer window was the signing of the new coach, Mauricio Pochettino. Pochettino. So the question I have is. When Potter was being interviewed mm. to become the new Chelsea coach, Pochettino was also on that list. So why did Potter get chosen ahead of Pochettino? That's the first question. Mm. And then Pochettino now, everybody thought Pochettino would have been the better choice at, at that, that moment. moment. But we found out that Potter was chosen. Was chosen. So, But now Pochettino is not now in Chelsea. What impact do you expect Pochettino to have? That is the second question. Hmm. Potter to Chelsea over Pochettino. First question. I think that's very deep. I, I think maybe in the next in the next uh, fans corner, Potboli will be the very right man to be on this. Yes. <laughs> to answer that question. That question yes. I would say. But looking, looking at it from outside, I'm still going to go back to the project-minded 
But if we say project minded, I think Pochettino is also project minded. Yeah. Coach, because what did he be young players and thoughts? Exactly. Um, but you know, in, in my opinion, I would say he's is run in the PSG club at that moment. He was having a good time in the league, but in the Champions League, it was not really good for him. And Potter's success at that moment, it was it was so obvious that Todd Bully would have chosen. Potter yeah, because from all angles, because some sections of people believe that Pochettino didn't really fail at PSG because the managers that have come before him, they didn't get. They always so end up winning the league. Yes, once, but they don't always try. In the championship. championship. So it was like the same story with it. But the, but the question was now, why are you choosing Potter over Pochettino? Pochettino, new coach. How are you guys feeling about it? Well, let's see what he has to do with the team because now he has a lot of young players in the squad and a lot of experience have gone away from the team. So let us see. Maybe we we'll continue with that. Is um high press kind of play. play with Chelsea and maybe it's going to work for him. Emotionally, if you say how am, I, how, how am I feeling personally, I feel very great. Now I have this eagerness to okay. watch Chelsea's match. Okay. Like, unlike the Potter time, there was, <laughs> was sometimes children who tell me, oh, Gabi, I know, I know go watch that ball because I don't know to <laughs> <laughs> And Like, it was becoming so evident, like, this club is heading in no direction, no energy, I would say no spirit. Yeah. They were, they, they looked like... Everything was just down. Yeah, they were, not, they were not willing to play for the club. They don't know what it feels like to play, to for, play for Chelsea. But now in the Pochettino era, though it's too early to judge, to judge but no, momentum's high. We have always been at the back. Like, we were, we were discussing about something, me and Riri. We're saying, why is Chelsea always going down a goal before they come up to play? Now, that's a, quest- a different question on its own. But when you look at it, every time Chelsea goes down a goal, in this Pochettino era, they always yeah, come sure. back. Yeah. So but let's let's quickly look at the history of Chelsea, and then the history of Pochettino. Mm. So Chelsea has always been a club. Some statistics came out that Chelsea has been the most successful club English in team for over the past ten years. Yeah. Because you guys keep winning, different managers, different players, but you guys keep keep winning. Sure. that momentum of winning. But Pochettino is someone who just got his first trophy. When he went to PSG as a manager, mm. so how do you reconcile the fact that this is a coach who, who you can say is not used to winning, mm-hmm. and is now managing a club? Yes, definitely under a new management, under a new ownership. But this club is a club that is known for winning trophies. How do you reconcile the fact? Can Pochettino live up to the pressure that the history of Chelsea will present to him? Well, with what he did with thought. Tottenham that even got them to the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that um Tottenham is not the kind of club that spends a lot. Yeah. But now with Chelsea, they have given him the financial backings, sign the player you want. All you have to do now is just perform for us. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything stopping him from being successful in Chelsea. Okay. Like from my own view, according to what you have said. I don't see anything stopping him from being successful at Chelsea. Now, the pressure is going to be more 
from the fans exactly on the coach not from the management unlike the previous ownership the pressure is more from the ownership you and cannot you cannot be under abraham you cannot do something yeah, that's true it's like a taboo yeah. you, you definitely know you are going but now the the new management is coming with the idea like we want to build a future team a team that will last over a decade just keep on playing. They're willing just to stay on the process. Yeah. But the fans might not really understand. Understand. I feel like it's going to come more from the fans. Now, the I feel the fans just need to like it's hard. We have we have been supporting this club for over 20 years. People that have been there have been 30, some 40, and they have the mentality of give us a trophy. Then you are coming in today with the idea that we want to build a project and we might not win a trophy. Time. So do, you, so do you think Chelsea fans, because I, I think almost um, every football fan, especially in the Premier League, mm-hmm. they, they tend to not understand that the league has changed. You know, before yeah. when we talked, you said it earlier, top four, top four now top, top six. six, that before it was just maybe two teams that could win yeah. the Premier League. Now, a, a point came where four teams could challenge for the Premier League. Yes. But now you're talking about six, six teams that could challenge. And even as you said, in the future, it could be 10 teams. Yeah. Do, do Chelsea fans understand the fact that this era now is like the Man City era. Yeah. And even on, if not Man City, maybe Arsenal, if not Arsenal, maybe Liverpool, Liverpool. if not Liverpool, maybe Tottenham, Manchester United, that there are more people now to compete, to compete with. with. And that it's not necessarily now your bet right that, okay, you have to win the league. must win it. So do they understand that it's now more difficult to win the Premier League now than maybe two or three, three years ago, or five years ago? I, I think they can see it <laughs> only if you are watching football with sentiment. Like, you're just absolutely. But do they admit it? it? Because it's one thing to see. see. Okay. Like, United fans or Liverpool fans, they see it, but they still have this grandiose view of the past that is our bet, right? So, so Chelsea fans, even when they've seen, do they admit that truly it might take them to win this Premier League? Mm-hmm. If we speak from social media, I don't think we admit. I would not say we admit. We have seen it. Yeah. We know that they are big clubs. Yeah, bigger clubs yeah. But it's just, we are so engrossed in our emotions. Like, oh, this is Chelsea. We, we still must need win. To win. We must win. We they collect Premier League where we're now. I, I, to, like, I don't think we have ad- we have admitted to the fact that it's going to be hard to win this league. To win the league now, uh, now very top job. Very tough one. Because we know just get a lot of clubs to have come up maybe say yeah. them to they don't they strive to go to champions league yeah yeah europa and europa league now so Conference. it's going to be very tough for chelsea tough. Yeah. so well speaking also now on still on pochettino yeah speaking on the demands of pochettino you know there was always a question mark about the type of signings that chelsea made with Graham potter in the sense that people felt and as you you guys have alluded to the fact that most of those signings were signings that the owner made. Yeah. And Chelsea's always guilty of that, that some signings that you guys make are not necessarily the club, the, the coach's preference. choice. It's yeah. just the club owner decides, I want this player, I get him. So among the signings you guys have done this window, this summer transfer window, do you guys have the feeling that these ones are signings that the manager wants? Or is it just the same case of the owner wants them, then we get them. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. when when in the in the Potter era, Potter never talks about a player. 
that's one thing you always find him not do. He, but speaking from the Pochettino's era, you have words like, oh, I've seen him. I used to watch him when I was in so 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 place. Okay. Yes. Oh, this guy is this. I, I spoke with him. But with Potter, uh, no, the clubs are working on it. Okay. It's not in my position to speak about it. So it's very evident. And you see their commitment, the way they come into the play. The, when, you, when you listen to players interview, now they don't speak more of the club. They speak of, more of, of the, the coach, of the, manager. of the manager. He's a very great man. He's helping me to do this. He's helping me to do that. Okay, that means so. So we can say that now that Pochettino really has like a hang on the players transfer. transfer. Yeah. So just quickly look look at the players that Chelsea brought in in this summer transfer window and quickly give your two cents on each one of them. So the first was Nkunku. Christopher Nkunku, I think that was a deal that has been done before, before the, the season the ended. So it's just, you know, an announcement. Yeah. He's injured at the moment. And there's also been is- issues of many injuries around his career. So how do you think, it's, it's a tough one for him actually, but how do you think he's going to, he's going to feel, and how do you think he's going to adapt into that Chelsea team? Nkuku is a good player. But just the injury crisis that is going through now. But I feel if he can be fully fit and he can get into the team back. Because Nkuku um, is a kind of striker that do bang 10 plus goals and make a lot of assists to the team yeah. too. So he's going to be a very valuable addition to Chelsea squad. Yeah, off, off of the preseason, in this Premier League season this time now. I feel like it's, it's it's very obvious that we are missing him already. Yes. Because there is no creator in the team. We just keep passing the ball around, passing the ball around. Unfortunately, we try to get a goal if we can. But with Unkuku in the play, he's one that can take the ball, beat one, beat two, either shoot or help. But where do, think he, where do you think is his best position? That's Unkuku. Uh, you play you play better more as a supporting striker and okay. i feel like he can still fit in as a 10 if we role player we can yeah, take on the ball and move around so talking about strikers um, as you said earlier a lot of history of deals that has not worked well for the club the position but now you have one in the next of nico nicola jackson so expectations how do you guys feel about that signing? It was good. It was a very good signing because the best, in my opinion. I yes, because he came very cheap, and no one even expected, expected what he was, what he's going to do now. So so far, he has even been my best player so far because in terms of work rate and other addition he has to the team, he has uh, his contribution. He's been, he's been, he's been a massive. great guy. I tell okay. you, his contribution. Yeah, his contribution to the team. He drops deep. To pick up the ball and make moves, I feel like when he get when he gets somebody as a backing, he will score goals will score because goal. he does not okay. need to do those menial jobs. Try and mark. Nobody's asking you to mark when you have somebody that can mark. Nobody's asking you to come and create when you have somebody that can create. All you just need to do is score goals. But he's a very great guy. He gives us the drug bar vibe. I would okay. say Axel Disasi mm. expectations. 
it was a shock signing because yeah. I don't think there wasn't much news, news about, about him. About him, but how do you guys feel? He's, he's, he's a great guy. He's, he's a rock in the defense, but I think he has not found his footing according yes. to what I have watched okay. personally. He still has his shaky legs sometimes and indecision, I would say, in some moments. Not like generally he's indecisive. In some moments, there are sometimes he get the ball, just chop the pass. Don't hold on to it for so long. The Premier League is a high intense kind yes. of play. If you're holding the ball two seconds, three seconds, somebody is coming for you. Sometimes you might be unlucky and get two people coming for you. What do you want to do? You could have just dropped the ball and Okay, so there are, there are questions about the Sassy and criticisms about the Sassy mm-hmm. that were also um, existing in the likes of Koulibaly that is very slow. Slow, yes. yeah. So what do you have to say about that? Considering the, the position he plays in your defense, the right centre-back position, how do you feel he can adapt looking at the like, uh, his lack of speed? With time, he's still a young player, so okay. and the coach is working on him, so with time... I feel that he can work on those lapses. Yeah. And it's, it's not expected of every defender to be fast. Not even a defender. Every player. But not one, not, you know, it's one thing to, you're not fast. And yeah. maybe you are playing the central center, center back. Okay. The center where Tiago Silva plays. Please, okay, okay. So you can, we have people that just can relax and, and just relax and organize, organize and position, position yourself. Well. Mm-hmm. But when you are, it said you are you lack speed, and then you are now being placed at the right, right center back because the way you play is such that maybe when the right back or the right wing back has overlap, has overlap, he covers up, and we have a lot of work to do with the winger, the op- the winger of the opposing team. team so, yeah, and wingers are sharp very fast. So how do you think he can now adapt to such situations where he's isolated with the winger? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, man, that one a very tough job for Ramo, given the fact that he's slow. That's very that's going to be a very tough job. But I think he, he should do more of the intelligence work yeah. than relying on his strength and Van, power to Van Dyke too is not that yeah. fast, but he's very but intelligent. Like the likes of like when he played against Antonio, it was so evident that the guy was yeah. just pulling him and going through. He could have just try and isolate the guy also to one limited space in the pitch. You are playing on the right-hand side. When he's coming, don't give him the space to run into the center. Give him the space to run into the corner side of the pitch and just people come and cover up for you. But I think he will do more of the intelligent work yeah, yeah, than the physical to, work. To, to, when, whatever you lack in speed, yeah. you lack in the speed of intelligence. Your, your mind. So, Moises Kaisedo, big guy, Big money, <laughs> big expectations. Mm. How do you guys feel about that signing? Baba is going to play. In my opinion, there's nothing I can say about it. Baba is going to play. Like he has compliments. That's why that's that's one thing I'm very happy for. He does not have to do the marking and also do the advancing. Yes. Most of his job is do the marking okay. and drop the ball. Like the traditional kante that we used to know. Mark give the ball to the like person the that he's going, going to use. And use. Enzo is going to compliment him real fine, real fine. I would say. Romeo Lavia. Ah. Romeo Lavia. Lavia, too, <laughs> Lavia too is going to be excellent because him too, he will just be like after Kaisedo, he will be that man. So, 
when Kaiseido do with the um, do does the marking, marking. if we just if we find one or two people to pass to and make the move ahead, move yeah. ahead yes. Okay, so um now um looking at the new project, we are you had you guys had a lot of I'm talking about a player now, but you guys had a lot of players you guys signed from South America. A lot. A lot. And one of them is David Washington. I mean we don't know these guys. Maybe you guys as Chelsea fans, maybe you, you know them. So what is your expectation when you sign a lot of players from, from there, as you usually say, 2005-2004 you bring them in what do you think is the plan for people like david washington i think it's financial in my in my opinion because i don't see i don't see chelsea needing a striker and they are going for a 17 year old boy no shades to the boy he might be a prospect we have initials coming to madrid him at a very yes. young age rodrigo doing the same thing but i see them as a financial plan these are in their league there, they would have been people to watch in the likes of Angelo taking the Nimas shoe in Santos. Same thing with David. And there's still mm-hmm. one other guy they are trying to work on now. He's still he's 17 also. So I, I would say it's a financial strategy. Bring these people young. Give them a chance to showcase themselves in Europe. Because you don't showcase yourself in South America. Even when people buy you, they'll just buy you cheap. But when you come to Europe, like this is where people watch more of what you do. So two years, three years, if he shows himself, anybody that is coming to pick him up, you pick him up in a very So high can amount. we say a part of the strategy? No, just is not a I know, yes, you guys have a lot of players that you sell on loan. Yeah. Which I think the new management, the new ownership is still continuing that trend. Yes. Having players, a lot of youngsters that you guys sell low. Or loan, but are we now saying that you guys are still continuing this model of just bringing in young players, bringing them in mass? Then when they ripe, know, when they are ripe, you guys just sell them. There's no even pathway for maybe this guy now they are bringing from Brazil now at this young age can I even have a chance of starting in the first in team. the first team and playing for years and years in your first team. Is that there is there any plan for that, or is just to bring them and sell, nurture them, and then make profit? I don't. I don't think so. I think there, there's no club that wants to lose a big player. When these when these boys eventually make names for themselves, but I think to some extent, I'll say we have been unfortunate or unlucky in that aspect of breeding a player and them making up to that high expectations. We have people like Odo. He just left the club. We have. There are a whole lot of Musiala, Musiala, Salah, De Bruyne. I tell you, yeah. So, so uh, I don't think you guys are unlucky. I think in the case you guys are not patient enough, because the likes of Salah, the likes of De Bruyne, the likes of Musiala, you guys are not just. You guys just want the finished article. It was not easy for them in the in the case of Salah and De Bruyne. It was not very easy for them to play in the Chelsea squad at yeah, that, that moment. moment. And now they themselves, they are hungry get a chance but I don't, I don't think he was going to be in Chelsea Chelsea 2015 Mourinho was there Mourinho would have given him a chance if he felt like he was deserving of it at yes, that, moment. that moment okay so the next signing Dodge Petrovic so a goalkeeper yeah so we have to talk about the obvious question in 
the goalkeeper reshuffling that occurred at Chelsea, the likes of Mendy okay. going to Saudi, mm-hmm. the likes of Kepa going alone to Real Madrid, and then you guys bringing in um, Sanchez, Sanchez, Roberto Sanchez from Brighton, and then now Petrovic. So, first question, why is Kepa going alone? Are there any issues within the team? Are there any issues within the, the, the management? Why is he going on loan? Because I like he was like your best player, player last, last season. season. So why is your best player last season going to Real Madrid? Well, that decision was left to him. Because, yeah. and again, no player will see an offer from Real Madrid and will reject that kind of offer. When it's and, very open. Yes, and um, Courtois on injury yeah. and he can is the man to step up t- to that position, and again they are playing European football again. Um, lots and again, is from Spain again. So there was lots lot of incentives. On his side, yes, I would say to, to move them. Yeah. Now he has gone to Real Madrid on loan. Who do you think among the two goalkeepers you have brought in is likely to replace him as number one? Mm. Sanchez is taking the place now, but I think Petrovic is going to be a very good competition. For Sanchez, he saves the ball. I I didn't see so much of Petrovic, but when the rumor came out, Chelsea's wanting Petrovic. Started watching clips, I seen online videos. He saves the ball real good. His response and stuff like that is like lifting to save the boys. Really, really good. Really good. I think it's going to be a very healthy competition for Sanchez. Okay, so let's talk about Mendy. Mendy to Saudi. Mm. Wonderful first season for. Chelsea. Edward Mendy, mm. fantastic first season. How did it go wrong? What happened? At one point, he was like the best goalkeeper in Europe. Yeah. And now, he's in Saudi. What went wrong? <laughs> Edward Mendy. Actually, nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody can say. I would, I would just put it in this way. He fell out of favor. Oh, yes. He fell out of favor because... Which way exactly? Was it Potter? Yes, but that was part of the problem because it was at the point Mendy will be fit and he will still use Kepa. Kepa. Yes, so and, and and I would say the poor playing ability was it was a minus for Mendy. You can you can't pass the ball to Mendy like you used to say. You say when when everybody sees a man as a trigger press, it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing for the club or for the team rather. Yeah. Mendy is a trigger press for Chelsea. Yes. When you pass the ball to him, everybody is almost like the 11 players are running after him because they know he's going to either commit an error yes. or just or, or do just, something. Or just take it away. Yeah. Okay, so the last um, signing of the summer transfer window for Chelsea was a shocking one also. That's why we know the fact that he's a top talent. Yeah. We know the glimpse that we have seen him play in the Premier League, even in the Champions League, and like we say, okay, this guy has talent, but the talent and then the price tag, we could not reconcile. Yeah, they are not matching. This Copama, why forty-five million pounds on the player? Is it a case of panic buy? Is it a case of there was nobody to buy? You guys just said, let's just buy who's available. I won't say it's a it's panic buy because the coach wanted him. What will you say in in Jackson too? Because nobody has seen Jackson played like that and maybe that was his first season in Villarreal and it was like out, half of the season he was on injury and when we still even got him people were still in doubt like why do you get guy. this kind of player and 
he was integrated to this team and we see the awesome things he's doing with the team now so we should just believe in Kopama too because the coach that signed him knows why he made that decision he knows the quality he has since seen in Kopama and he knows the, his abilities that's why he brought him into the team so you know, okay we should just sure. hope yeah, yeah in my in my opinion Kopama is a very good player but in talking from the Chelsea perspective I would say it is a panic buy because we need somebody that can play as a 10. Though Kopama plays from the wing side, yeah. but he's flexible enough to like Try go that. through players and yeah. run that job that Chelsea needs him to run. So I feel like Man City just pushed the price up because I wouldn't say it should be worth 45 million. Um, but today's transfers. Today's transfer market too has spoiled. So yeah, it's, it's more of what the club wants. Wants, yes. Because yeah, in as much as we know that the transfer is inflated, yeah. but you can't be a victim of inflated prices over and over again. All the time. That's because true. We just mentioned Enzo Fernandez, one hundred and over one hundred and something million euros. We talked about Caicedo, over one hundred and one hundred and ten. And that's yeah, why the problem. Like the spoiler now, now is sorry. The spoiler here is when Chelsea is selling, we don't we don't put we don't over price like we talk about young talents now. Though Palmer had a very good season yes. coming off last season, scored in the Champions League. I mean, scored against you guys also. Yeah. Ah, man, that's bad. Mm. Scored against or scored against last night in the community sheet. Scored in against Sevilla in the yes. Super Cup. Yeah. Had a very fantastic run. But when we're comparing him to somebody like Lewis Hall, they are almost like in the same category as yes. a player. Yes. But look at Lewis Hall going to Newcastle. Newcastle. We didn't even, it was more like Chelsea didn't even know how much to put on this guy and price him so well that you cashing on him because he's a future talent. Exactly. But Man City is doing the same thing to us, selling Copamas for 45 million. So I feel like we're not balancing it. We are just always the one, like you said, calling the victim Keep of overpaying. overpaying. So, lastly on summer windows, two main questions I want to ask. First of all is, there, there are talks about Todd Boyle being the new Glazers or new, being the new at Woodward, in the sense of there's money, just just spend the money, and it can come to a point where you can't keep spending the money. You know, you can't keep you know um, spending. A point will come where you'll be short on cash. So, do you think Todd Boyle is going to fall into that trap of being the next Glazers or being the next Ed Woodward? You know, in my opinion, I would say no, because coming into Chelsea. He came in perfectly. There was it was not like the no leverage buyer. No leverage yeah, buyer. It was not like the owner wanted even wanted to sell. Okay. The owner was forced to sell. Yeah, yeah. It was not a perfect situation for Todd Bowley. It was not a perfect situation for Chelsea. But for Todd Bowley, was Todd Bowley, it was perfect, oh. and he had an higher advantage. The reason why I, I used to, I, me and Lily spoke about it. The reason why it's very easy for him to lose keep buying spending money into the club is he came into chelsea having a clean slate the previous management wrote off the debt of the club 
because they were borrowing. Chelsea was borrowing from Abramovich, even mm-hmm. him being the owner as a separate entity, entity, no interest. So when he was going out of the club, he wrote off the debt. Okay. So there was clean slate for Chelsea, and they just won the Champions League. So money flew into the club. New owner coming in, his his book is like his account book is going to be like just plain account book, nothing written in, nothing written out. So now he's just trying to. It's, it's almost like he's starting the club himself. So would you say and to spend? Would you say the over one billion pounds that he has spent in over a, just little over a year? Would you say that has been good spending? I would say it's justifiable because I don't see Todd Bowley doing the same thing next season. It's just like yeah. let me do all I have to do now. Yeah. So it was it a case and of not waiting for the right players? the right amount of money and being patient with the process. It's just about my first year, I want to just spend money. I don't think there's going to be a right time Yeah, this football or something. Because players players keep you... getting better. Okay. Look at look at Mbappe. Mbappe should have gone to, should have signed for Real Madrid as a free agent. But now, like, PSG made it very obvious, which is something a club will not do. Like, come out to speak that we don't want to lose you for free. Okay. You don't get club to speak about stuff like that. They do it internally and just make the contract and get their money on it. But now, nobody's ashamed to do it. We're not going to sell you for free. We'll give you a contract. Then when you want to go, we'll take, in our two, we'll take out our 200 million that Madrid has to pay. It's becoming yeah. very obvious. So, you don't expect Odboli to do it now. Then, you are saying you, we, we want to wait for a perfect situation. The other clubs are not, they are not dumb. They'll come up with ideas. They'll come up with strategies that will favor them to, which is something we saw in Casado. Pushing us, pushing us from 60, push us to 80, from 80, push us to 90, from 90, 100. Then all of a sudden, you just come in and hear Liverpool is in the race. Liverpool was never in the race from the beginning. Then all of a sudden, we get to 100, Liverpool are interested. Okay, so um, last question on the transfer. A common theme among Chelsea transfers since when Todd Boyle became the owner is that now players are issued long-term contracts. You know, before, before when we say long-term contracts, we mean four, five, four, five years. But now we are here, maybe we term it longer-term contracts <laughs> because we are here, I've never had before, now you are here eight years, seven years contract. Mm. Are, are those contracts issued on the basis of football or is it just a case of finance? Hmm. It's on both sides now. Okay, let's get the um let's let's see your point. Yeah. In the case of finance now, if you tie these guys down with a long gear contract, it's of two sides now. It can be profitable if the player live up to expectation, expectation and it might not be profitable. In terms of the player flops. So, on that part now, it's left to them. If the player flop, it will be of loss to them. Because you sign them for a longer year and they do not live up to expectation. Mm-hmm. But if it's the other way around, it's a boom for them. And if the player eventually leaves the club, they can cash in on those kinds of players. Money. Yes, since they have tied them down with a longer contract. Yeah, and, and any club coming in for them is going to be it's going to be like a whole lot of burden on the club that is coming in. Because 
you are coming in on you are coming in for a player that played that has eight years contract, has played three years in the club, has five years on his page as contract for the club. You're you're not expecting to come and pay one chicken change to okay, so, players uh, like that. Let's look at it first of all from every football contract, yeah. every contract you issue to a player is fifty fifty in the in the sense that it could go right, so well right the or go wrong. Go so wrong. So but if you give a player like four years contract, it's still decent, it's still okay. Mm. Now you're not taking much of a risk because where I where I don't agree with your point is that first of all, when you say they're giving them eight years, if it doesn't go well, if it doesn't go well and maybe something happens and the player is just maybe injured. Injured, injured yeah. You keep paying that player mm-hmm. and there's no amount of PR you want to do. You cannot make half of what you bought such player. player. And those players will still continually be in your club. In your club. And you'll be praying for the day when the eight-year contract when. expires so that they can become free agents. But uh, well, in, if you are more there is the negotiation of contract. Of uh, contract. Is there a clause in the contract given to those guys? I, I, don't think, I don't think the management will be as dull as not project like viewing the negative sides of stuff like that you just give somebody eight years and just stand like oh everything will go positive i don't think so well, okay so from from the players perspective, perspective now can we say for example i joined chelsea this year and i signed an eight-year contract and i'm being offered seventy thousand per week mm-hmm. and maybe i now go and i become a very top player even almost winning the ball on the mm. So, and I'm still on an ETA contract. When, how do, so, are you trying to tell me that I'll keep any 70,000 no. for eight years? So, there is there any clause for where I can renegotiate? Yes, yes, there's a clause there. Based if you can, if the club can renegotiate of renegotiate. you not performing, then we want to renegotiate our contract that will favor us. Maybe we letting you go for a lesser amount of money. So definitely, it should be on the other side too for the yeah. player to be able to negotiate and increase their wages to make it very comfortable for them. But there's 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 a whole lot. There's a whole lot to that stuff. It's going to keep players from being poached anyhow from a club. And the footballing side of it is you are going to build a stable team. I think that's the perfect word for it. You have everybody on the club having at least five years contract. So we are seeing it like if we keep playing good in the next five years, this first eleven is still going to be with themselves and just keep playing on like that. So you have a very strong team that has played with themselves years on years on years. Okay, so let's also look at it from this perspective in a sense of they've been, for example, the Glazers again. Yeah. There have been situations whereby we found that the Glazers give new contracts to players. For example, Glazers giving contracts to likes of like Phil Jones. Just so that the player remains in the club, club. And just so that when they want to go for maybe loans or or they want to value the, the club, because those players are still in the club, the value of the club still remains because they, they classify players as assets. Yeah. So don't you think Chelsea is also you know, American businessmen, um, to be very fair, don't you think Todd Boyle is also playing that same trick of putting players on long-term contracts so that he can go, maybe you want to go and 
get a sponsorship deal, get a loan from the bank and say, okay, see, we have assets. This asset. And we have these assets that are tied up for seven to eight years with us. Don't you think that's like a financial Strategy. game being played with players? Players. You can you can be right. Honestly, I've not seen it from I've not, not viewed it from that perspective that you're coming from. You can definitely be right. And all of it, most of the time, is just you sitting down to check if it works for you. If it works for you, you definitely do not have to think about any other thing again. But you have to know that you'll bear the consequence if it does not work for you. And there is this coming out that don't don't be surprised that Chelsea is setting a pace. Yes. Of giving people eight years. So are you trying to say that other teams will, will watch if out? If, follow if, if it works, works right, um, they will follow that trend. Okay, too. so let's talk about still on this issue of contracts being given. There was a report that came out from close friends of Romeo Lavia mm. talking about how that Romeo Lavia's dream was Liverpool. Okay. He wanted Liverpool. He had told his friends, I'm going to Liverpool. But his agents convinced him because of the amount of money Chelsea was offering and the longer term contracts that Chelsea was giving. giving. They tried to convince him to choose Chelsea. Chelsea. What do you have to say about that whole scenario? It's still dependent. It's still depending on the player. Yes. Cassidy could have gone to Liverpool. But he, def- he like honestly wanted Chelsea. That he rejected Liverpool. I <laughs> I trust what you say, but he might he might have a two sides to it. Maybe he's indecisive, or deep down within him, he truly wanted Chelsea because if he honestly wanted Liverpool, he could have gone. Yes. Okay, so quickly, let's talk about injury situation at Chelsea. No, we mentioned the, the likes of Nkuku, yeah. your captain, Rich James, injured. You have up to like nine players, right? Yeah, we are injured. And last season, we also saw that one of the reasons why the likes of Graham Potter could not field the same starting eleven over time um, yeah. because of injuries. What is going on at Chelsea with the injury situation? Hmm. Probably maybe the training that they are doing now because of the high press that Chelsea wants to start playing. What of, of last season? Last season. Last season. When it was a low when press. It was a low <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that? The, they still have yeah. the same injury. Man, there are lots of key, fa- key factors that we consider. And most of these players are on injury. Sorry. Most of these players are on injury. They are our best of players. They are best of players. And, and most of some of them are also on long-term contracts. Yeah. So is it that one player now can just be on injury? And be an injury. How many years did Fofana sign? Seven. Seven years. Seven years. I think they are they are injury prone generally. The likes of and Fofana, seven year contract. Rich James, Chiwell. No, Chiwell is not an injury. Unkuku, mm-hmm. with his record in Leipzig, he has injuries. Yeah, even I think that's why he didn't go to. The, he didn't make the World Cup. World Cup. Yeah, he goes. He goes on injury. How many year contract? Google should be five or something. Yes. Yeah, five, five or six. So 26. how do you first of all, first question, why these injuries? I think the, the coach the coach came out already and they are coming up with a strategy. That's why like they I, I like his approach to every problem. They should 
be a solution. There is definitely a solution. It's not like they should. There is definitely a solution. You just need to like search around and get the right solution for that problem. So the coach has come out to talk about the injury stuff and they are coming up with an approach to curb this injury. But curbing the injury now is, is becoming a general kind of injury. The Some of them having the ACL just coming yeah. back, play again and just and go, back. go back. So it's, it's something of it's something that is rampant in the general world of football now. But I think Chelsea one is becoming too much. How can you have nine players on injury? Yeah. Where they are first team players among these people that are there. Okay, so um let's quickly look at Chelsea's the squad as you because now you guys have an idea of how the squad looks like since the transfer window has closed. Uh, the deadline has passed. The transfer window is closed. What do you think are your strengths in your squad? Looking at your squad, what do you think are the strengths of this Chelsea team? And what do you think are the weaknesses? Hmm. Our weakness now is still just that defense because based on all the matches that we have played so far this season, we are always considering so, aside Luton. Aside Luton, yes. So they should work try and strengthen that defense because we have most of our kids players too on injury, likes of um, um Fofana, Fofana, James. James. So and again the attack too is kind of balanced, but if we have the likes of Nkuku, Chuku Emeka coming back to the team, at least there should be an improvements to yeah. the but I feel the midfield now based on what we have now is kind of balanced now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what what would you say is your strongest point, your strongest part in, in the field? field. Is it still the midfield? Is it because is it because of the number of money you spend there or why the do you quality of quality yes. that yeah. you, like it's balanced. You no, it's not balanced yet, to be honest. We have somebody that marks in the midfield. Okay, so let's let me ask you this question down that point of your midfield. Yeah. Among the top six teams in the Premier League, yeah. if you were to rate their midfielders, midfield players, do you think there's any team that has a better midfield than Chelsea's midfield? On paper, right now. Chelsea has the best midfield in England. On paper. <laughs> on, paper. <laughs> on paper. So are you saying are you trying to say that on paper? We are the best. Man City's midfield is not better than Chelsea's midfield. You know, right. I was going to say Man City. But um no, with the Bruno out of that midfield now. Mm, forget no, the co- no. all the players available. Available now. Uh, Man, Man, City, Man City is still the best because even with Kovacic, Rodri. Kovacic is complimenting Rodri real fine. Rodri is the, I would almost say box to box, takes the ball. Takes That's Kovacic. Kovacic, yeah. rather, mm-hmm. does the box to box. And you have Rodri doing the marking mm-hmm. and the interception steadily. I think if we, before we get to the middle of the season, we would have judged Enzo Casado in the same way because so they complement their self real fine. Do the marking, I do the advancing of the ball. And, and, Casedo is so fortunate. Like when you check his stats last season, he's one of the pl- those players that progresses the ball well. Though you might not take it and move so fast, but with his passes, he passes progressively in the match. Uh, but I can read. I'll still read Asna also. 
higher than Arsenal midfield higher than Chelsea. 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 No. Okay. The likes of Rice, Party, Rice and Party. Okay, so speaking now about Kovacic, you mentioned Kovacic, and I think it's very, very important to ask this question in the sense of three important players in the Chelsea lineup, three midfielders in quote, were sold to Premier League rivals, the likes of Kovacic, Avat, and Mason Mount. Why, I, why is Chelsea strengthening? They are all They are opponent because it, you can. There are many other clubs that would want this player that can be outside of the league. The league. Yeah. Are you strengthening? Because you know you mentioned Kovacic, complementing with Rodri. Man City already treble winners. Why are this team being strengthened by a Chelsea, Chelsea side? Why? I think Chelsea is not like. In my opinion, I would say they are not coming up with the old policy of not selling your player to the rival. Though it's not really there, we still sell players to rival. But this period, I think if I if I stand a chance to talk with Todd Bully, I will question that decision. You don't sell your players to, and you want to a direct, di- yeah, direct you strengthening. You don't sell your player to a direct right. rival. You should be very cautious of decisions like that. Okay, so let's take um, two more questions and then we we wrap up. Yeah. The first question is. Looking at all the signings that you have done, your current squad, the players you have, players that are now back from loan, that are now permanent members of this squad. If you were asked to choose one player that would be your player to what, that you are expecting that player to have an amazing season at Chelsea Football Club, what, which player would that be? Hmm. Uh, if, if this player that I want to speak about is given the chance to play, I would say Ian Matson. If okay. he gets the chance to play, he fits perfectly into Pochettino's style of play. He's, he has this high press mentality. He's not one to sit back and start shadow marking. He can mark. He can move the ball. He dribbles. He, he, he scores. He assists. Where do you think is his best position? Ah, Because looking at the fact now that Kukurela is still in, in Chelsea. So you have like three people that can play the left back, have you? Yeah. Amatsin, Kukurela, and Chiwa. I, I think they would, they would, not the Pochettino would play in Amatsin more than Kukurela. than Kukurela because of the style of play. Kukurela is not the so much attacking-minded player that can play the but kind of attacking-minded in Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, but in yeah. Chelsea, I think you just brought in that maybe we have used some certain <laughs> type of drugs for him out here. But, <laughs> but there's, there's this kind of play that Ian Martin has that is so similar to what Chiwe does. Chiwe defends, but not so much as he attacks. So, because of his style of play of Pochettino, yeah. on that side, it's not going to be like the regular left back. You play as a wing back and just advance more and let the three defender, the left full back, the left center back, do the marking for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm is a complete kind of player because... So, that's a player a, to watch also? Uh, yes, because it's, very, it's not my player to watch, but I'm just complimenting, complimenting him. Okay. Yes, because he's very versatile. He has like three positions he can play. He can, he can play. play on on the wing, 
He can play in the midfield and as also a as a left back. So, so there are many options. Options. For him. For him. So definitely, yes. he can see get games. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yes. Games. So your player to watch. My player to watch now is Enzo Fernandez. Okay. Because I see him as a prospect and someone that can reach world class. Oh, is he world class. class now? Or can we just classify him as world class? Or is someone that can live up to that expectation? So, so where, where do you think? Yeah, everybody knows. Almost everybody knows the best position for Enzo Fernandez. But in your new kind of midfield shape dynamic, okay, we don't know if Kopama is going to play ten. Yeah, but you think he can do the job as number ten for Chelsea? He can, he can do it, but there are limitations to the traditional ten you used to see at Chelsea in the likes of Hazard. I, I don't think Enzo possessed that perfect attributes, quality, yes. that attributes to take the ball, dribble one, dribble two, use your pace. Even when you can't get somebody to create for score the goal yourself, I don't think he's so perfect. He's just the one that dictates the ball, ball do more of the advancing kick it to the people that will use, that will use it. Kick it, kick it, kick it. But it feels very free when you see how he plays in these four matches in the new position. He plays just fantastically, like real fine. Look at his game coming in into the, what's it called, in the Carabao Cup against Wimbledon. And he just does some magical move because he's advanced. You know, like when he was playing as a pivot, Six in the previous season, feels very limited, limited. Yes. doing the side job and just dropping the pass for people that. Will. But now he's among the creators. Okay, so what are your um, expectations for this season? Because now the window is gone, you know what you have now, you know the players you have with you, you know everybody's you know capabilities. So, capabilities. so what are your expectations? I would have really, I would have easily said top four. But I think top four now is not dependent alone on your team in the Premier League. It's dependent on what every other club around you is doing. Because you can be winning and Arsenal is winning and Liverpool is winning, Man City is winning. Yes. That's going to be like a very big problem. Unlike before when you are winning and you know just Arsenal and Liverpool is winning. But now Brentford can be winning. Brighton. It's a problem to you. Brighton can be winning. Newcastle can be winning. It's Aston Villa can be winning. Is a problem to you, but I, I would say we should make we should go for an European competition. Which of the European competition? There are three. We are not going to go to Conference League because we play real fine. I I I was just checking Chelsea's, but we played Liverpool. We had a draw. We lost against West Ham and we bounced back with two wins. This is something that two wins I, against wow against Luton. <laughs> So it's against, well, against Luton and Wimbledon. And Wimbledon. Okay. In, in, in the case where we talk about the previous season, when you beat Chelsea this week, it's almost like you just kill the spirit and you're going to beat them next week mm-hmm. or during the weekday match. Yeah. But now you beat Chelsea now. They are bouncing back to win. You don't, we don't know how many streaks we are going, maybe seven or eight before we have another draw or another lose. Okay, so um, you said... So I would say European either Champions League, either Champions League, that's top four, or Europa League spot. We are not going for conference. Any cup win, cup win, we should be able to win a cup. Uh, which of the coach, which of the cup about think you have? Is it FA Cup or the Carabao Cup? I think we will win the FA Cup. 
Okay, we need to Well, my projection for Chelsea is make top, top three, four. not even top four, top because three. now we have. They are confident. No, that one is not dependent on me. It's really dependent. Yes, just my expectation. So they should make top three because we have limited numbers of games this season. Because I don't yeah. know why we cannot just use this season to just pick that. We should just gel together and maybe we now make some other additions next season. But this season, we have limited numbers of games and we should make top four and win at least a cup. One of those two. A cup, maybe cup. EFL or FA Cup. So that's my prediction. I think we should, we should, we should, we should win a cup this year. Yes. Okay, so uh, Chelsea, nice one, nice uh, expectations. So that means from both of you now, the Premier League is out of it. You don't even have any expectation that, even as you said, uh, you're playing less number of games. Mm. So there's no expectation that maybe you can pull up a shocker. That, a shocker, mm. you know. During, I think during Antonio Conte, you guys were not playing European competition yeah. that season, and you guys were able to win the league. I mean. Yes. So are you not expecting such a kind of if, if I speak if I speak about us trying to win the league this moment, I think it's going to have a very great impact on my mind. Like I can tell you where like that's the power of the okay, world. So you are trying to be cautious. I'm now. trying to be because yes. I'm being like a Newcastle fan. Yeah. I'm trying to be cautious, so of, cautious what of what I expect of yes. because when I win, I'll I'll burst into like great joy. But let me just know. I hope we win. We hope we win. And Okay, so thank you very much. It's, it's nice um, having you here. Nice yeah, yeah. Um, episode on Chelsea Football Club. And looking forward to the remaining part of the season and up until the next um, episode of uh, Fans Corner. So thank you for listening to us. That's been a great time. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our audio platforms. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and, uh, and Twitter. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.